Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. This is our ringside view show uh, where we sit down and talk to like-minded fans about their wrestling fandom. Uh, today we have a very good friend of mine who I usually sit down and talk commanders football for those that follow me on social media. No, we'll know that I'm a big Washington commanders fan for all the stick that I get off Adam, but I'm sitting here talking some wrestling with my good friend, Mr. Keith Gray. Keith, how are you, brother? Me and you get to talk wrestling. I know, right? It's a little bit different, but I love it. Listen, uh, I was a huge wrestling fan growing up, so uh, nothing excites me more than to uh, come on and and relive a little bit of my childhood. Yeah, that's it, bro. I mean, we always ask uh, fans and people that have come on the the show so far. We had Max on last week, who runs a great TikTok account. So how did the love of wrestling start for you, Keith? I get it all the time. Oh, you still watch wrestling. You like wrestling. Oh, it's great. I get it all the time, bro, but we love this crazy world of uh, professional wrestling. How did the love start for you, my friend? Well, too, you know, when you go back to the fake part, I think that people have to recognize and understand that it's not, and this is kind of how I got into wrestling, it's not just the wrestling itself. It was the theatrics beyond the wrestling ring that really drew you in um, to buy into, you know, Two big guys in a ring getting, you know, getting crazy with each other and, you know, uh, you know, applying all these cool wrestling moves. Uh, There was just a lot more to it than just the wrestling. But how I got started really was uh, my dad watched it. You know, he watched it as kind of like a a filler pastime and he loved the the promos and I'd always see him laughing. And, you know, so I I saw that and I was like, you know, I kind of want to get in on that. So um, I got into it uh, back in the uh oh back in the the wwf days you know of hulk hogan you know he was kind of on his rise um you know the storyline you know usa versus you know uh uh the middle east countries uh, and, sergeant slaughter and, yeah. yeah sergeant slaughter uh nikolai well not even yeah russia or not russia but yeah russia no mm. they done russia Volkov, yeah was... they done volkov was russia sergeant slaughter yes. at, uh wrestlemania seven yeah was against Hogan uh that was yep. on the whole USA and that was a it he got Hogan got so much shit for doing that and Slaughter because obviously Sergeant Slaughter is American by the way but obviously he was you know going up against the American flag and WWF got in so much heat for that back then because you know right. it was seen as like you can't put this on TV you know what I mean like America versus like it was like they were doing things with like Iraqi shows so you would never get away with it now by the way well, it was a very smart play considering what was going on in the world, you know, current events Lord at Iraq, that time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, even before, you know, even before then, like, you know, our issues that we had with Russia, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that type of deal. So um, it was just a huge play on what was going on in current current politics and, you know, these wars. And, and uh, uh, it was genius because it turned Hulk Hogan, who Vince McMahon, we knew, wanted Hulk Hogan to be the face of the WWF at the time. Um, it really, you know, rose him even further. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan, I think, was uh, really what got me into it. Um, he was one of my favorite wrestlers at that time. I just, you know, I, I loved the whole thing. My dad was in the military, so I just mm-hmm. connected with, 
you know, the USA, USA uh, type stuff that was going on then. And uh, it was super cool. Um, and then what really kept me going as a kid was a good friend of mine across the street. He was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. And I loved Ultimate Warrior, but I was loyal to Hulk Hogan. So, <laughs> you know, what was it? It was WrestleMania 6 when they, you know, went yeah, head to head. And, and man, I can tell you, when you can feel emotion after a match, and I was absolutely devastated that Hulk Hogan lost, mm-hmm. I knew that wrestling was going to uh, follow with me even through an adult. Just because, you know, there's not a lot of things that can bring out, you know, emotion within someone. You have to be passionate. And I realized, man, I'm passionate. I enjoy watching this stuff and I did it with my dad, you know, it's just, just Andy, just like the football, man, everything Mm. kind of, you know, circled around what my dad was doing, what his interests were. And uh, I just grew into it and loved it from there. Yeah, no, I did the same now. You know, I mean, you've got your football with your kids now. You know I mean? I've got my football soccer over here with my daughter. Um, So what, any favorite memories growing up of like WrestleManias or matches or anything that you can remember? Obviously you grew up like the Attitude Era, like me, you had the whole WWF and WCW thing. I mean, what's your, what's your fondest memories from that time in wrestling? Well, I could tell you, you know, my fondest memories of any WrestleMania whatsoever is going to be Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. I mean, that was just, uh, that was just amazing. But as I was getting older, uh, the Attitude Era, uh, the WCW versus, you know, WWE days, those were uh, I couldn't wait. In fact, back then, you know, I was working in a grocery store. So I, you know, uh, on Thursday or Mondays and, and uh, I wouldn't be able to watch them as they come on TV, but I couldn't wait to get home. We recorded it on our, you know, VHS and, and uh, would watch them immediately when I got home. And it was just absolutely amazing. So much fun. And like I said, it wasn't just about the wrestling. It was about the theatrics that come with it. Uh, uh, these guys, you know, genuinely just having a good time, enjoying what they do. And uh, it just, that one's, it, it's really hard to explain in, in that sense, but it was just so entertaining, uh, you know, to keep up, Be- especially like when you were focused on, like, for instance, WCW, um, you know, WCW, when they were bringing a lot of the WWE guys that, because WWE wanted to kind of evolve characters, newer characters. Mm -hmm. And so the older characters were kind of phasing out there. But WCW then brings those guys over. And it was just very interesting to watch that transition and then just see where both were going. I didn't necessarily care about who was better than the other because they both were great at the same time. And that's fantastic and all, but you see what happens, you know, what happened in the end of it all. WWE ended up getting, you know, everyone. And to me, I kind of just felt like once you take the competition away, what, what is it now that you're trying to outdo, Mm. you know, and and when you don't have competition, you're sometimes your creatives aren't thinking as much, you know, as they were when you did have competition, but I personally didn't care which one was better i thought they both were great Mm. um it was both just great tv to watch uh more than anything else and then honestly as you could tell you know from the 80s and 90s the wrestling moves evolved Mm -hmm. and got so much better and even more dangerous and that's why you know i laugh when people say that it's fake yeah it's scripted in that sense but these guys movies so are soap operas everything right absolutely absolutely and what you're watching is the entertainment of all of Mm -hmm. that well it's the same thing with wrestling you can't tell me a guy jumping from a steel cage onto a table 
isn't going to up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's some real, there's some Everyone's reality. always like, there's oh, some... they know how to land. It's like, yeah, but they might know how, but it's still going to hurt. It's still going <laughs> to hurt. Um, I'm, you might teach me how to land. Mm. Doesn't mean I want to jump off of a steel cage. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So just because you know something doesn't mean you're going to feel the effects, you know, after it. But um, it, it just, knowing as I got older, how wrestling works, I actually started respecting it more and more because you see the pain and anguish that these guys put into to entertain a crowd. And I, I couldn't do nothing but respect that because they are putting their bodies through tremendous damage to entertain. And at first I started to feel bad. I'm like, you know what? They don't want us fans to feel bad. They want us fans to love what they're doing. And, you know, I kind of just took it from there, but you know, the wrestling moves started evolving as well. And then it wasn't for me, it wasn't so much necessarily just the theatrics. It mm. was, wow, look at the move that this guy just did a move, you know, moves that you've never seen before. And uh, when that evolved, it just got me more into it, you know, as well. Mm. How do you think wrestling has evolved now with the the social media platforms? Do you think when me and you were watching it, us, we, me and Adam said yeah. all the time in the show, I had to record it. We had to wait for Fridays for Monday Night Raw. Now it's so like you can jump on Twitter. You've got the WWE Network. It's just merged with the UFC. Everything is so easy, accessible. How do you think we said we were chatting the other day and we asked the question, what do you think wrestling could look like in 20 years? And, you know, when you explain the story that you've just said to us there about the attitude there, are people going to look at us and like, what the hell were you watching? Cause it's so different now. It's so easily accessible. How do you think wrestling has evolved over the years to where we are now? I think it's evolved because they put right now, they put a lot of money into, uh, I say theatrics. That's probably not the right word that I'm looking for, but if I was to stick to that term, Production, actually, not theatrics, but production. Mm -hmm. You can tell the amount of money that they invest in production. I think what with wrestling today, I don't want to say it's a downfall, but I think it's a struggle in, in the sense to get it back to the level that it was when it was during the Attitude Era because there was so much talent that came out in, at one time. So Vince McMahon in the WWE, he had a lot of talent to work with. And that talent truth, truthfully set the bar so high. So now when their time is up, you know, and unfortunately most of them aren't wrestling uh, anymore from that era. When their time is up, it's very difficult to take these younger kids and to get fans to buy into the characters of these younger fans. Now, as far as having access to social media, uh, man, I can't imagine what it'd be like to take today's social media and the way that we see things <laughs> and put that in the attitude era. I remember as a kid and I was in school uh, and I want to say it was in, I was in community college at the time, how I was getting my information of things was I would go on to actual uh, websites and it would just yeah. be blogs. That's of what I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you would learn things that you probably didn't want to know, um, you know, spoilers and stuff like that uh, regard, you know, regarding these guys. But that's how I would get that information. Uh, and it wasn't easy to do. And you weren't supposed to be doing it, at, you know, in college. But, you know, that's what I was doing today. It's so much different because we look at social media, especially like Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. And, you know, they can create 
new things from that, new storylines from that. There's beef on there. We all know it's fake beef, but it's fun. It's entertaining. And it seems like what makes WWE so successful? I know I was referred to WWE. I know that there's other, you know, organizations out there as well. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that they're not in that, but focusing on WWE, what they've, the reason why they've had continued success, in my opinion, is because they change with the times. Mm-hmm. I think that the hardest thing for them is taking the talent that they have now and, and raising it to the level of what it was in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. And even in the, uh, what was the, the, the what, what was the next era after that? The, um, we had the Attitude Era. Yeah, you had the Rufus Aggression and John Cena <laughs> and stuff like that. Yes. You kind of went into so, that era and, you know, then... You... Yeah, and Ruthless Aggression, you could tell, was kind of a spinoff of the Attitude Era. Ruthless mm. Aggression is where I think... Ruthless Aggression is where I think it became less comedic, in a sense, where they mm-hmm. were trying to make the crowd laugh. And they were really focused on uh, making the product wrestling itself. not Not the production, but the wrestling itself um evolve even further because that's where i think a lot of the wrestling moves and the creativity and the moves is came from you know the uh ruthless aggression era Mm, so unfortunately for me in the time of life that i was in i kind of dropped off i know about that era and i know who was in it and i know who you know the wars you know between but for me in that time, it just, it wasn't for me. And I think a lot of it, and sadly, I think I cheated myself mm. because I was under the mindset, Andy, that nothing's going to amount to what the attitude era was, yeah. you know? And so I think as a fan, I had a hard time adjusting from one era to the other. And, you know, as of recent, I'm starting to try to get back into it because I have young boys and and I want them to Are they have the opportunity Yes and no. So mm-hmm. when I say into wrestling, they're not there yet. I think for me, if I want them to be into wrestling, I have to wa- watch more of it and buy into it mm-hmm. and stop. When I say buy into it, I, I don't mean that as a negative. I think it's more of I have to um, I have to understand that it's not the attitude error and I have to get that out of that mindset out that you know, embrace what is being put in front of you today. And I'll tell you, like, I've watched, you know, I watched the last WrestleMania and I've watched, you know, a few others and I didn't hate it. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Um, I've watched a few, a, you know, AEWs and, you know, I'm like, this is, this is pretty good. It seems like that they're, you know, on the right track, but I can't help, you know, being the age that I am, that I always fall back into either the <laughs> attitude error or I even go back into the early, late 80s, early 90s wrestling where um, it was corny is not the right word. It was so corny and terrible at times, but that's what made it great. Yeah. And you think back in the, the early days, especially over in the States, you had all the local territories. I don't know what it was like where you lived. I mean, I go and attend a lot of local yes. shows now where I am. I go and we try and publicize them as much as we can. So it's probably like that when you were a kid, you and your dad going to your local wrestling show. And that's <coughs> pretty much how wrestling started. And that's how the territories were started. That's how Vince McMahon eventually got the WWF. He bought up all the territories. The next thing you know, boom, taking over America. That's where I think it lost a little because the territories were super important to wrestling. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that once the territories got bought up and there was no such thing, and, and I get it. Like if you're Vince McMahon, yeah, that's your ultimate goal. You want to do that. 
in a sense, I think that that hurt wrestling a mm. little bit. It, and when I say hurt wrestling, it didn't hurt wrestling as far as uh, revenue, but it hurt wrestling in the growth period of of growing hometown, you know, hometown guys. And, you know, I remember living in Texas, and I remember Texas was a great territory back then. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I was young. That's when territories were the thing. And I was watching guys like, uh, you know, Briscoe, Ric Flair, you know, do their things in their territories. And I always, I always looked at WWF at the time. I always looked at WWF as the big guys, Mm -hmm. you know, but I started enjoying the territory wrestling as well. And then to see those guys grow from their territory wrestling into like, you know, well, I know WCW was uh, what mid South, but it became huge as well. And to see those guys evolve from their territories into you know, uh, uh, the big guys and then make the big guys what they are today was just phenomenal. That's where I think social media (laughs) now is good. So like the promotions I go and watch, I was at one yesterday, gone to the days of, oh, we need to have a TV deal. Like when WWF took everything over, they they got, you know, they eventually had a TV deal. And now that if you look at it, they're on USA and everything. But now you just, all you need is a camera and a YouTube account. Mm -hmm. That is it. Mm -hmm. The company I was at yesterday, Sacrifice Pro, all their matches, everything streamed on YouTube. This show that we do, we get to stream, we get to put this on YouTube. So it's so much, that's the good side of social media where it is now that, you know, by this, I can sit here in the UK and you're in the States and me and you can talk wrestling. Back in the day, yeah. I would have to send you a letter if I wanted to chat to you about wrestling. And three, right. weeks, later, three weeks later, you might reply to me, yeah, like the old pen pal kind of days. I had a wrestling pen pal when I was like 10 years old. We had to talk about <laughs> wrestling. I had to write to him. But um, just finishing up, Keith, if there was one dream match that you could have for yourself, it could be anyone from the past, anyone from the present, have a dream match. Who would you choose and what event are you putting them at? Man, there's there's so many, but because I I got so emotional over that whole Kogan loss, the Ultimate Warrior, I'd bring those two back. Let's get well, it. They on. tried it in WCW. Do you remember when Warrior went I, to WCW? Halloween Havoc. I do. It was horrendous. I do it. Yeah, it was horrendous. I it didn't feel the same. There was always that back then too. There was a lot of there was a lot of rumors that Ultimate Warrior wasn't even alive, and I know there mm. was a fake Warrior that they tried. So there was just a lot of confusion with that whole scenario. No, no, no. I'm saying go back to today, today's production, put those two guys in a ring, and let's give Hulk Hogan a rematch. Even though Hulk Hogan was a <laughs> – I love Hulk Hogan. He's a terrible wrestler. I get it. But, man, he was great. It, it was fantastic. I did hate his finisher, though. I hated the leg drop. The leg drop and I think yeah, that that's why I hated it. But, though, you know, listen, that – that that that's what wrestling was. It, it, he sold the leg drop, just like The Rock in his era. He sold the people's elbow. We all know that that's not the most electrifying move in sports <laughs> entertainment, but that's what makes it funny because it's such a, a ridiculous move, and he calls it the most electrifying. So it's just, you know, again, it's just going back to the old bully style wrestling and put those two in a ring. Give my man a rematch so I can. I can get a win in the books as an adult because I didn't get it as a kid. But <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie though. I I loved the Ultimate Warrior as well. I thought and he wasn't the greatest wrestler either, but he just he brought so much, and yeah. that was just a fun, super fun era to watch. So 
I would take it old school, and I'd say that, and then I'd say, "Hey, let Jake the Snake, Iron Sheik, and all of them come in and oh, bum rush them all after Snake's the match." boy, up. yeah, we is cool. We yeah. sat down with we sat down with Jake about a month ago and chatted to him. He was so he, jealous, incredible, incredible man, and the Warrior as well. I'm so glad that he got to clear up his demons. It's so weird how that happened. Said sorry to everyone, come back at Raw next day, passes away. You're like, wow, that's there's some yeah, sort of, something's gone on there. That's and it. I'll tell you this because I know you're trying to close. I know that we're trying to, to end the episode. No, you're good. Quick, that is the thing about social media. I learned too much about the Ultimate Warrior today because mm-hmm. of so- social media. And don't get me wrong, I love to learn about guys, but I learned about things that weren't necessarily on the positive side about Ultimate Warrior. I don't want to know that stuff when I'm a kid. I don't want to know that he wasn't a good locker room guy. He wasn't a great guy to be around. Yeah, A lot of the wrestlers we interview say that now. They're like, thank God social media wasn't around back when we were doing it because they'd probably all been divorced. They're probably, I mean, it's such a, they were like, we spoke to Jake the Snake about it. We spoke to a few wrestlers. I'm like, thank God Twitter and Facebook didn't exist back then. I think it would hurt a lot of the fans because like, I don't want to know any of that stuff because I didn't love ultimate warrior for the behind the scenes. I loved ultimate warrior for, you know, and Hogan and all these other guys for what they did on camera, you know, and I don't want that image to be taken away from me, even as an adult growing up, you know, as an adult, I don't want those images of what I had and what I felt about these guys, you know, when I watched them wrestle, I don't want that to diminish, you know, Mm. and that is a negative, huge negative downfall because I think that we know too much about these guys, which is cool in a sense, but there's always positives to that. But I think the negatives can outweigh um, in that sense, you know, Mm. and like I said, I read today, like when they were, you know, there would be a thread and they were talking about the ultimate warrior and it was all this negativity. And I'm like, I don't want to remember any of this from this guy. I want to remember, what this guy, I never personally met him, so we weren't friends. But I liked him because of what he did on camera. And yeah, that's let my childhood of... be my childhood. Yeah, don't ruin my childhood. That's all I ask. Yeah, exactly. Well, Keith, it's been good to sit down and talk some wrestling with you. Makes a change for me and you not to be sitting here talking about our beloved Washington Commanders, my friend. Uh, make sure it. you go and check us out on social media at HTT Buckle. We've got some really cool things. I know Adam's got a few interviews dropping this week. We're back with our Raw review, AEW reviews. Uh, we've got NWA stuff coming up. Myself and Adam are hitting shows again next weekend. Uh, I was at Sacrifice Pro yesterday. Big shout out to them guys for looking after me. Really, really good, good company. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our Monday Night Raw review. Uh, make sure you check us out on all socials. But till next time, everybody, I've been your host, Andy Burrows. This has been the Ringside View with my good friend, one of my best friends in the whole world mr keith gray till next time everybody buckle down stay safe hey everybody thank you for checking out the hit in the turnbuckle podcast make sure you go and check us out on all social media twitter you can find us at htt buckle facebook just search the hit in the turnbuckle podcast